This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Hello and welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and today I am a blissed out bliss boy. I'm very oh. happy I've had my croissant. Croissant. And, and uh, it's, uh, as we record this, it is, we're in the middle of Belly Rub Weekend here in fabulous Los Angeles. That is true. And um, yippee Kaye cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Then who's going to say yippee Kaye motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just did. <laughs> Hello, I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. I'm, I'm presently in Belly Rub Weekend, but when Ooh. this comes out, it'll be on my birthday. Yay! Yay! Birthday boy. Happy birthday, future Trevor. Another year older. What do you um, wish for? <gasps> can't say. Okay, hold on, can't listener. Say. <laughs> listener, I'm I'm cupping your head and we're putting our foreheads together, and I just gave you the wish in, in your mind. You know <gasps> it now. <laughs> oh my God, you did. <laughs> <laughs> He's a time traveling uh, Professor X. Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Michael Willer. I am a chubby chaser, and today um, I am a a a. a I don't have a thing that I am today. I, I wish I had thought You're of Michael. one before we start. I'm, I'm me today. Damn it, I'm me today. Stop it, stop it now. It, it doesn't happen every day. We could maybe hold a telethon to help you with that or something. Like, no, it's fine, I'm used there's to it. There's a cure, Hi. Michael, there's a cure. That's right, you can have imposter syndrome, you can. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> hey, my name's Don, I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I'm the other half of our May birthday equation. Yay! Yes. There's much celebration all around. Your birthday's uh, over. It's over. Other people get to have birthday months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, so if you, you didn't get the vibe, I mean, we've all been in the same room just because of our recording schedule, but yeah. can we all hold hands right now? Is that possible? Oh, uh, maybe. Dear. Hold on. Dear. I'm Closing the circle. <laughs> I'm leaning. I'm off my mic, but I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm being dragged into my <laughs> mic. Trevor, tell us why the fuck we're doing this. I'm super off my mic. I'm but happy. I'm, into it. I'm happy we're holding hands. Oh, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Uh, we probably should have had a camera for that. Good job, be everybody. <laughs> it was just for us. Um, well, let's get started. Let's get started. Let's get started. Housekeeping. Uh, Patreon, you guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging in there with us. Please, thank you. Yes. Yeah, we're still working on filling out the Patreon a bit more. We're <laughs> nearly at the point where we can uh, pay our extra editor, which we desperately need now. Um, yes. So the plan, just to, just to face things head on, um, we're, so we're doing this every other week thing out of necessity um, for a couple of reasons, primarily of which was my hand. Um, You're talking about the release schedule every other the week. The release schedule of every other week. Yeah. We really, really want to get back to every week. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be great. I think there's a lack of our ability to... Respond with things as they happen. We yeah, live in a world happen. where things... When you talk about something a week after it happened, it might yeah. as well be last year. Well, well you and, talk about it a week after, and then we release a week after that. You know? Yeah. like Because I, I felt like, you know, for a while, it's like, we're on it. We're hot. I felt like we were covering things before, like, major media outlets. And now it's like we're kind of, yeah, you know. It's tough. A couple weeks after the fact. But we're, yeah. I don't know, we're catching up. We're hoping. Yeah. We're... we're we're sharing this with you, dear viewers, because uh, we want you, <laughs> dear listener, yes, dear listener, um, because we, we want to get back on that schedule. If you want to help us get there, uh, helping us out with our Patreon is the best way to do that. And, um, and, and if you have a lead on an audio editor, a podcast been, editor. We have really beaten the bushes. We felt we thought we had some really great leads that just haven't quite worked yeah. out. Yeah. And it would be really super helpful if it could be somebody who... If understands our community, understands the issues we're talking about, understands our content too, because sometimes, because a lot of what Michael does in his genius fashion is like just taking out the stuff like what's relevant, what's not relevant in our editing process, and that's a lot of it. That's the hardest part, and it can be hard for a civilian to know what that is. In a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, the editor will be the fifth podcaster. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's true. And and so to that point, if you know somebody, if you, dear listener, are an audio editor, engineer, podcast editor, that would be great. Please reach out to us at bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We want to know. Or if you have a friend that you think would be on board for that, um, we're, we're putting the call out because mm-hmm. traditional resources have failed us up to this point. 
Um, and we would love to get back to that that weekly release schedule. I think everybody would be would be cool with that. Yeah. And thank you so much for those of you who have continued to support on Patreon up till now. Yeah. You have kept the show going and kept us with this schedule. So thank you for that. That mm-hmm. is true. And back to our show. Well, we have or not. We have <laughs> one final one final housekeeping bit, which is that um, as of a two weeks ago, no, a week ago. A week and a half ago of this recording date, a couple three weeks ago from the point that this comes out, uh, we have affiliated with Big Fig Mattresses. Yes. Um, Which I'm very happy about. Those longtime listeners of the show know that I've been plugging them for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for free, for fuck's sake. For free. <laughs> Man, well what get a some fool I was. <laughs> um, we really love this for a few reasons, but really primarily is that they are a company that is designed specifically to cater to the needs of yeah. fat people. And that is fantastic. It's a great way to support them. If you need a mattress, go to our website, the resources page. You can click through there and support mm-hmm. us in the process. Um, or even just on Instagram uh, or Twitter, if you go to our like bio link, there's a link right there that you can click. It'll say Big Fig Affiliate link. You click on that. takes you to Big Fig. And mm-hmm. you're supporting us when you buy your mattress. I actually know a listener has reached out and said oh, they're going true. to be buying a mattress. Yay! You Whoa. could beat them. <laughs> you could be the first person <laughs> Don't to beat buy our listeners. Should we, should we give a... Link. Should we have a, a special reward for the first If listener? I can ever find the magnets I got, uh, if you are the first listener who sends me their... Uh, I don't know, receipt for their big fig they bought with our affiliate link. I'll send you a magnet once I find it. A, a, mag- wh- a what? Magnet. A magnet. A big thank you. Oh, I heard magnet. maggot. Okay. No. <laughs> it's our first swag that we haven't really put out into the world yet. They're for limited edition. Um, point being, uh, you know, we're <laughs> we're working on getting the resources to be able to pay an editor a, a really, really good rate to be able to do this. That's the purpose of it. We're not making tons and tons of money off of the yeah. Patreon or the affiliate links. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to do this show as well as possible, as often as possible. I mean, That's, and I we don't want to, to exploit anyone in order to do you, it. You need to tell the truth, Michael. We're not making a dime off yeah. this. No, yeah, <laughs> we are absolutely, even, you know, if we're being perfectly blunt, even with the Patreon, we are definitely losing money on this show. Yeah. We do it because we love doing it. And that's the primary thing. So we mm-hmm. want to be able to support an editor. Anyway, that's enough of that boring shit. Let's yeah. get to the show. Yay! Yay. Ba-da! <laughs> oh, no. What? What's he laughing about we now? never talked about Chaser Chat. Oh, God damn it. Uh, let's <laughs> rewind time real quick. Uh, we have one final announcement. Uh, Dan and I are going to be doing our Chaser Chat episode that's coming out on Patreon exclusively, launching on six, seven. Ch- June 6th, uh, June 7th, 6-7. You confuse yeah. me, damn it. <laughs> June 7th, which is a Wednesday. It's an off week for our current release schedule. Um, so if you want to see that in any of our previous Chaser Chat episodes or any of the other minisodes, uh, it's all on Patreon. You can support us there for a minimum of $5. Okay, now we're in pop yeah. culture. <laughs> we're here. That um, was a very, cle- very clever. Let me lead off by. <laughs> normally, when I'm talking about Andrew Christian, I'm sort of excited for the conversation because usually it means I'm going to be able to look at a couple. Uh, let's just say interesting pictures. Uh, <laughs> Is this one way to put it? Well, they're they're always sort of cutting that very thin line between hardcore porn and softcore porn. You know. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, th- so them ex- the, the new story we have yes. is about them. Andrew Christian the has launched a, a plus size <laughs> expanded line called thick. thick. Sexy is not a size, except <laughs> asterisk next to that. <laughs> Sexy is a size uh, that goes to two XL but fits up to three XL. What does yeah. that mean, Trevor? What is okay, goes so, up to two XL but fits three XL? Yes. So this this new line that is plus inclusive. Uh, hmm. goes to 2X, but they have adjusted the sizing of all sizes in this thick line so that the 2X, I think, can technically fit like the very bottom end of Wait, a 3X. So it's for the 3X person who wants other people to think they're 2X? Or wants, I, they, wants themselves to think they're 2X? Or, <laughs> and I said, I mean, it, you know, it, I think it just depends on fit in terms of like how tight do you want them to be like if you can squeeze into it and you think it's sexy to have it tight? I don't know. Well, well I mean, I would it. say it's more about the cut, but we're talking about underwear. So now they did say they've designed it specifically with larger legs and a wider back panel okay, and that's an increased waist measurement. So like they're, they, they are theoretically designed. So what they're saying it. is they, they changed the pattern and mm-hmm. therefore the X's don't mean the same thing as they used to. That's the implication. Yeah. They don't. 
say that explicitly. They do, however. Because that would be clear. Their advertising uh, does include one fat guy (laughs) (laughs) in a group of six, uh, six men, male models, by the way, are those penises? Yes, they Can are I penises. Just, okay. So there um, are, there, there's a lot of, uh, two of the guys, let's put it this way. It's an underwear ad where two of the guys, no, three of them are not wearing underwear. Yes. Uh, so there is a lot of backlash to this because of the real, like, lack. Like, there is a fat model. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to you. I, I feel bad for the models because they kind of got caught up in this backlash. Yeah. I mean, it might have been um, nice to include... One non-white person. In no, they did. No, they so did. They, they there did. are so some of the models are of color, but they are part of the backlash for you know people uh, people of color with darker skin saying like you know I would like to see myself represented. You know, all of these people of color are very white passing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I until you told me that one one of them was not white, I would never have known. I think also part of that is probably the lighting. Um, speaking to the like, you know, you being able to see penises, I think it's kind of weird that in the the primary picture that was going out in this like launch of this campaign, um, none of the models who are people of color are wearing the underwear. Yeah, it's the you three just, the, white guys that have the actual underwear on. Um, so it's and it's just such a weird. Like when I saw this, I was like, okay, I don't. I my expectations are very low. They still can't have managed to. <laughs> not meet the low expectations I set. I was thinking it was going to be like a, a very bad Forex would be what mm-hmm. I would go to. If they're, if they're bothering to launch this campaign, to launch a new line, to try to be size inclusive, like normally the like bad at this point, a, a weak size inclusion is to a Forex that is not really a Forex. Yeah. Is there a pre- just... Our, our reference page is their website that has yeah. all of the stuff. Is and there a press media. release that they've done that has explained? Uh, have they announced any kind of verbiage that would, you know, because I want to give them an it's something because I, I may I may lean towards being the most forgiving of the four of us for it's something, but 2X is not, okay, that's not good enough. But I wonder if they're like planning on well, it, expanding well, that Well, I, I will point. say this. In the I, world we're in, I think 2X is the new normal. Well, but I, I, I think the point they made badly, at least in what we've been seeing, is it's not about the Xs. Like even the, the, the calling the plus size breakthrough, like we have more Xs. Yeah, but as any fat person knows, it's not just the size, it's the yeah. cut. And what they're saying is they've recut it for the fuller figure and then the X's don't necessarily mean the same thing. So yeah. that's why they're saying 2X, 3X. I, I do give them credit for that, that they actually redesigned the garment, which is, they I did. think... And that's why... I, I think that's yeah. huge, actually. I just think they explained it very poorly. I mean, you still have to... Like, somebody who typically fits a 4X is not going to go buy that 2X that fits a 3X. Even no, if it no, actually yeah. could mm-hmm. fit them, you have to label it in a way that people will recognize no, is for them. But if you have not been buying the underwear because it didn't come in a two or three X, well now you can, and it'll probably fit better. Mm-hmm. So my thing was like, I, I'm very conflicted about this. I'm mostly just kind of mad at the end. Cause initially when they like were teasing the launch of this, they didn't have anything about sizing. And so it was, you know, like I said, I was hoping it would be a bad four X would be the, the cap. Um, and I feel bad for the models getting caught up in all this. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah like, not their fault. Not their fault. I, I really do. It just feels like them trying, you know, a, a brand that is kind of falling from prominence and from like really being like the brand in gay culture, trying to be relevant. But like hmm. there have been so many versions of campaigns like this at this point where like there is like you can just look at all these different brands and like, okay, this is what it should look like when it has been well received. There's always going to be backlash, I think from, you know, fat community, but, and I think especially from, um, you know, just mainstream. Do you know what the price point was? I'm thinking I see about $30. Uh, 24, 26 is 22. That's about right. Somewhere in the mid 20s. I I just want to point out that like we have featured uh, underwear designers on this show that make custom underwear for only a little bit more than, like, the guy about the bathing suit from Patrick Ellenwood. Right? Um, they, they make underwear as good as this or better than this and have been making it for our community. Yeah. Why would I switch to some brand that doesn't know me from Adam and has actively worked against my inclusion in gay community? 
you know? Well, I'm going to buy my underwear from the people who stood by me and are making things for me now. If like, you can find them. If you can find them, but mm. if... Because they're not always it, there. If you're listening to our podcast, you can have at least access to the internet. Well, to look, like, you know. Um, well, anyway, no, it's something for you, Yeah, I, Andrew. I, I, <laughs> you, you, you blew it. <laughs> you had a chance. Speaking of blowing it and having... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like this is another uh, end and just... Uh, so I will say... I, I have included a Lizzo reaction. That was my initial reaction when I saw this headline. Jenny Craig is going out of business. <laughs> All together now, boys. Yeah. Bye, Bye bitch. bitch. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Uh, it, well, uh, you, for, you love for, to see it. It's, if anybody doesn't know what Jenny Craig is, we should probably give yeah. them a, a quick overview. She... She's a person, mm-hmm. um, and this in particular is a business that she founded uh, designed around weight loss, and mm-hmm. they have all kinds of delightful weight loss products and foods, and they have center, had, yeah. I should say, <laughs> had centers all around the country. I don't know if around the world. United States. I think States probably only. around the world at some point. Yeah, at least sure. the UK. You could go there. You could subscribe to their products. They would mm. give you coaches and trainers. Yeah. It was, and it give was you basically, a yeah, in order to train you to eat properly, you would buy meals yeah. from mm. them. It was yeah. one of the original sort of like, yeah, here's here's your week's worth of meals. Go yeah. heat them up. And, and they were specially designed to be portion controlled and calorie controlled and nutritious and blah, blah, blah. You know, which... And I if you had like two of them, it was actually a decent meal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was weight loss by subscription was, model. Yeah, like and it was very directly, it was weight loss. You are going yeah. to lose weight and we'll help you lose weight and it's about losing weight. And they have gone, well, did they go bankrupt or are they just shutting down? Do I we think know? both. Okay. I mean, but it was very abrupt. It was like all the centers closed. People's subscriptions were canceled. It's like just... Overnight, well, but, but you can see why, right? Because there is so much competition in the yeah. space. You can, I mean, how many meal meal comp, meal subscription companies are there now? There's at least a half a dozen, and then you, and then how long has Lean Cuisine been in the stores? Yeah. And then how long? Like, you don't need Jenny Craig, and you can have so many other options besides weight loss, or that is to say, calorie restriction. You can go with a keto meal plan. Mm-hmm. You can go with the vegan meal plan. You can go with the, this, that, or the other well, thing, meal plan. So it's like if you're Jenny Craig, you're sort of First in and first out. Well, and their business really seemed to be founded around the brick and mortar experience, mm. which everyone, <laughs> like, they didn't adjust. Yeah. They just didn't adjust well enough. Anyway, so bye, bitch. Yeah. Sorry, but not sorry. Bye, Jenny. Don't <laughs> let the door hit you on the way out. And, and here, and Scooty just flew and knocked her out <laughs> as he took to the sky. To take us into Fat Watch. It's a big day. It's a celebration. It's we kind of feel like bearing the lead a little here. I yeah. feel like this could have been, but I wanted to do this for Fat Watch. This is because big news, baby. We were talking about the bill pending in New York. I think INT 0209 to ban weight and height based discrimination, and and it passed. Yay! Yay! And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> 44 to 5, I yeah. believe. Resoundingly. Yeah. Um, Even um, the mayor signed it. Well, I think, <laughs> no, as of right now, but I think he will have signed it by the time this drops. And even if, for some reason, you know, it's it's Eric Adams. He's a, he's a character. Um, because of the majority on this, like, he can't, it's veto-proof. Like, it's it's yeah. going through. So, nice. And I think by the time this comes out, it will be in law in New York City. And it's wonderful. It's exciting. It's... <laughs> I love Thrilling. that in this BBC BBC News article, one of the people, uh, one of the supporters of this bill, uh, the council councilman Abro Abro Abrehu Abrehu, uh, he sponsored the bill because he gained weight during COVID. Yeah, <laughs> and got to experience firsthand what it felt like to live life as a fat person. I think that's great because I think it's really. I mean, I, I don't like people like getting weight during COVID and then experiencing fat phobia. But I kind of do because it's like, you see, like this is <laughs> We're not what, just crying wolf here. Yeah. And a councilman Abrehu was like the big push, wonderful guy leading this um, with NAFA, with flair, with all these other wonderful council people. Uh, I, I like the, um, the one, one of the representatives who voted against it, who they spoke to, who was just very like, I'm fat and like, my, <laughs> I can't, 
I, if I can't button my shirt, I just is my problem. The only, the only, the only thing struggling with, you know, discriminating against me for my fat or my shirt buttons or yeah. some stupid shit like that. Like if I can suck it up, they can suck it up. If I hate myself, they can hate themselves mm-hmm. in quiet. You know, like just go. Yeah, fuck I, yourself. I got a whole. I got to write it. There's a whole essay to write about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know. It's so exciting, and I always love seeing my uh, my fellow NAFA. Uh, board members and count uh you know tigress the chair who many of you have met in uh, michael finally got to meet at dan's birthday yeah. party i didn't realize up We'd until the party met. that dan uh, that michael wasn't in that episode i forgot about that um it's exciting i am just so proud of everyone involved in this you um, should be it's this a work. big deal and yeah it's more it's common people and um there will be a celebration in person in new york on the anniversary of the Fat Inn. In oh, Central so way Park. back, way back in time in the '60s, one of the first Fat Liberation uh, events was a Fat Inn in Central Park, mm-hmm. uh, where a bunch of fat people got together in Central Park and said, "Like, hey, we're not going anywhere. We deserve just as much as you." And so now, NAFA is commemorating that by having a similar event in Riverside Park in Manhattan. Oh, nice. Um, am I right, Manhattan? Yeah. All righty. Um, if you want to know more about the pending legislation, go to nafa.org slash size freedom. Yay. Da, 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 da. Da, <laughs> and on that note, literally, yeah. uh, we are transitioning into a very special main subject. It's a mailbag. Get your reading glasses on, Dan. Okay, here I go. Just let me put these little spectacles on. Uh, okay, so our leader. <laughs> uh, so our uh, our listener writes. Hello, I enjoy listening to your podcast and am delighted that I am not the only one who acknowledges the daily prejudices that fat people face by mainstream society. Although the world is becoming more accepting, there is still substantial work to be done. I've always liked fat guys. However, I spent a long time keeping that along with my sexuality to myself to spare myself from criticism. Confidence has always been something I have struggled with growing up mixed race, having high functioning autism, not being typically masculine and an introvert. I already face enough judgment even from my family. I was made to feel that I was imperfect and unworthy. When I realized that I was bisexual with an insatiable love for fat men, I knew I would face even more judgment than I already did with my existing quirks. I've always been an advocate for body positivity, neurodiversity, breaking gender stereotypes, and the equal acceptance that everyone deserves. However, as a chaser, my experiences in the chub chaser community have been sadly disappointing. I love chubs, particularly super chubs, which is something I'm happy to express. However, I get the impression a lot of chubs find me unworthy or inferior to them, to the point where they don't want to be seen with me or spend time with me. If they Hmm. do, it's usually on their terms, and my opinions are often invalidated. Usually I hear stories of chubs feeling unwanted or underappreciated by chasers. Not many people in the community imagine that this behavior could happen in reverse and try to brush it under the carpet as if it doesn't happen. Hmm. I also face a great deal of controversy for not wanting to date chubs who want to lose weight or feel obligated to be slimmer by society because I only want to date men who are comfortable and unapologetic about being fat, and even those types of guys tend to dismiss me or make me feel I'm inferior. I might not be fat, but as an autistic, queer, feminine male of color, I can relate to the prejudices fat people face, and I will always support body positivity. I just wish my support was acknowledged and that big guys had, to, had no need to feel threatened or insecure. I'm thankful that there is a podcast that is centered around Chub Chaser community. It enables me to reach out to a platform like yours, sharing my thoughts and struggles as an admirer of fat males, but also as an intersectional admirer who has experienced their own share of discrimination too. With love, from England. This is a thank you for writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, um, thanks for that. That was that was a difficult note to write, I think, mm-hmm. and and, and just, very forthcoming. Yeah, and very just a very very good discussion to have. We did have, I know for certain, um, when we did our our people of color episode where we had people write in, um, or episodes, it was two parter. Uh, mm-hmm. We had somebody write in with a similar, you know, dealing with sort of the stigma of being a black chaser but also identifying more feminine and mm-hmm. then, you know, that it, there's a lot of intersectionality here. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of marginalized. What would you say? A lot of marginal, a group is, is maybe too weak a word for it, but you've got the, the tendency of people to love masculinity, like mm-hmm. almost to the extent of like being 
just not, you know, a, a little a, a, just overcome by it. Yeah. And oh. then there's the then there's the color barrier or mm-hmm. colorism sometimes. Yeah. And then there's also uh, the autism aspect, which is something that I kind of wanted to talk more about, since more people are self-identifying and saying even in personal ads, like, yeah. oh, by the way, you know, I'm this, that, and the other thing, and I'm autistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, we've talked about that in other episodes. I think some of our Valentine's Day episodes and some of the other dating-centric main topics about neurodiversity and what Dan's talking about with the interested that, that people are really starting to lead with that in online ads, which I think is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the more communication, the better. And ultimately, if you're, you know, if you're getting communications from people who've seen that and decided to reach out anyway... Um, I feel like you're going to have a higher quality of conversation just from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're autistic, because, because I feel like you do need to learn to speak a little differently to someone with autism. They hear things a little differently, and they and express things yeah. a little differently. Yeah. So if you're not used to that, that can be a little scary. So if you're an autistic person dating, dating someone who has that exposure to begin with is going to make it easier for both of you to get through that first impression. Well, and something that I found in doing some research for this is there's this there's this double-sided, not, I don't know about intolerance, but there's this double-sided problem where the neurotypical person is like, why aren't you picking up what I'm putting out? Mm-hmm. And the, and the autistic person is like, why can't you just be clear with me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it, they're mm-hmm. both frustrated from a lack, uh, as the, as the article puts it, a lack of empathy on both sides mm-hmm. because neither side can quite get yeah. what it's like to be that other, the recipient of that communication. And with someone yeah. who I'm very used to working with a lot of people on the spectrum, Right. Um, I, I've always found that if you uh, if you're unaware of their their spectrum nature, then, yeah, you're just going to keep throwing stuff into the void and wondering why they're not picking it up. Mm-hmm. If, if you can just identify how they communicate it, well, it can save hours. It, it, it can be it can be a lot faster because uh, there's so much to say here. I think. The first place to start, though, is that lack of empathy, which leads both sides, and I'll speak as a neurotypical person, that, you know, you're wrong for not getting it my way. Like, there's, it's not just, Mm -hmm. oh, you're not getting it. It's, Mm -hmm. you're you're not getting it, and that makes you wrong. Yeah. And I think it goes both ways, because I think the autistic person is like, why in the world would you code something in that mysterious fashion where you could just say what you want? I think one of the big misconceptions, this is helpful for me as a, not neurotypical, but not autistic person, um, that identifying in this article that we're referencing, we'll, we'll put on the website, um, but Dan went and found on adultautismcenter.org is that people with, uh, with ASD, autistic spectrum disorder, have, th- ju- have feelings and emotions and reactions just like, maybe not just like we do, but they feel... But I think from a neurotypical point of view, it looks like they don't because they're not expressing it or they're not able to express it the same way that we would want them to. Well, and I would go farther. Not, they're not able or, or even necessarily wanting to express it the way that they've been told they're supposed to express it. Right. Mm-hmm. That Which, they have to like practice because yeah. it doesn't come naturally. Well, and there's such a thing as, as masking. We're like, I'm going to give you the happy face that I've been told you desire, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, in order to express happiness because I'm told that otherwise I will not communicate it. You know, it's, 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 it's really trying to fit a neurotypical mold yeah. Yeah. because of, again, that prejudice that, that neurotypical people have of like, you're doing it wrong. But on the flip side, if you are dating somebody with ASD, I think they, they this particular article listed some benefits of, of yes, di- and I think this is great. I let, love let me it. just interrupt real quick in that like it's very valuable for dating, but let's apply this to everything too because this is perfectly it could be an acceptable yeah. for platonic sure. professional yeah. like so oh it could be a coworker absolutely I yeah. guarantee yeah. you like yeah. whether or not you're dating someone doing this this could be very useful it's going to be it. in your life yeah yeah uh, blunt honesty. Like, you're never going to yeah. have to wonder what, like, I'm sure all of us at some point have had to deal with that sort of, like, passive aggressive, like, I'm hinting at what you, I think oh you God, should God. have to feel I'm sorry about me. That happened to me. I was sharing this with Michael. <laughs> I'm working with, with a person who, in my view, simply doesn't communicate as clearly as I would like. <laughs> and so I got this text that was really mushy about like, could we possibly, because if blah, 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 it, it was just so, so enmeshed in several, confi- and I just texted back, I don't understand. What is your request? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then they wanted to hop on a phone call about it. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I waited cause I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's just going to be more of the same 
at a higher volume. <laughs> and yeah, they, they got back to me with, this is my request. And I'm like, and the answer to your question is yes. Cause it was, it was a fucking yes or no question. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a yes or no question. Can we do this? Is yeah. this okay? And the answer was yes. And I tapped and I typed back Y E S <laughs> all I got. And to me, like I said, I'm neurotypical and I value that kind of communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the whole, like, I'm expecting you to know how I feel without e- expressing the things that are making me feel that way is so frustrating. Well, and another thing that neurotypicals do is they keep talking until they figure out what they feel and want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, that, I, I, have, I don't have a lot of patience for that. Yeah. I think this is a really relatable uh, letter to have written in, not, and not just not, not focusing solely on um, the AST point of view as well, but just I think this person feels very ignored in a mm-hmm. lot of his uh, experiences yeah. with uh, dating chubs that aren't, and, and we don't have an elaboration as to specifics or you know examples of why I, that I, might be. I would but, be curious why you feel that way. What is the language they're using? Like, are they literally ignoring you? Or, oh, or are they I, I, pushing you away? Or oh, yeah, yeah. That, that you know? this person is receiving. Yeah, receiving it. Yeah. What, what is the language you're getting that is indicating this to you? Well, according to the letter, the responses seem almost a bit hostile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Neglectful I, I, is what I was getting. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's like as soon as what I what, what my mind goes is it like is this as soon as you walk in the door like what they thought they were getting is not what walked in the door and that causes the hostility and the bad interaction. Or is it, you know, over the course of an evening together, it devolves? So off, I, yeah. I almost assumed that it was in the, like, courting yes. messaging oh, phase, oh, which okay. I think could be, like, you know, that's why I think it's, like, so great to, like, when someone who is uh, neuroatypical uh, puts that in their profile and, like, whatever, you know, whatever it is, leads with that. Because it gives, I feel like it gives me a framework for, messages with that person and interactions mm-hmm. with that person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is happening in this particular listener's experience, but I can I think there's a lot of applicability whether you're neurodivergent or not in just some of these courting things that are cultural, personal. For example, you're out on a date with a chub or a chase. We touched on this I think uh, in an episode or two ago. And you're out on a date with a let's say with a chub and do you touch them romantically? Is, is someone comfortable being touched in public? For mm-hmm. example, I was talking about how, you know, it's like a math class when you're out <laughs> in public yeah. and it's an orgy when the bedroom door closes. Right. Like it's just like, whoa, this whiplash almost. Yeah. And I think different people in different cultures have different responses to public displays of affection. Mm-hmm. And what a public display mm-hmm. of affection is. What, is that an arm touch? Is that a kiss? Is that a, and then how do you feel about someone patting a roll or squeezing a roll? Is that okay in public or is that absolutely horrible? And there's a huge difference in there. So one of the ways I became aware of this is I was leading a seminar uh, at a BBW conference and some of the BBWs were kind of fascinated with like, how is life on the gay side of this? Hmm. And one of the things they said was, uh, do you find that there is a higher proportion of men and you know, for, for them, that meant chas- that meant chasers. Mm-hmm. Do you find there's a higher percentage of men who are on the spectrum mm. in in the in the chaser community compared to the general male community? Okay. And I thought to myself, wow, I had never ever thought of that. And then you know, I'm thinking about how some of the BBWs experience uh, dating, at, especially at a conference, where you know, what what is a typical chub complaint? Okay, lack of eye contact, maybe mm-hmm. too much touch. Uh, and uh, not picking up on on social or verbal cues. Maybe like, fixation. Or fixation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that does sound a lot like someone on the spectrum. And not that they're necessarily trying to be invasive or rude, I don't mean that, but you know, there is a lot of, there's a lot more emphasis for some people on the spectrum with tactile mm-hmm. or, or, or pressure. Uh, some, you know, the, so. The squashing. The squashing perhaps. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, I'm not, I have no proof of this whatsoever, but as the women were talking to me, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Maybe hold some water. Yeah. I, I will also say just from personal experience, when you're with a guy who is being with a chubby guy for the first time and that's something that they wanted, I have watched the, I don't know what to call it, the social mores just break down in that person where like they become so sort of overwhelmed that they stop sort of 
the human veneer of dignity and they just become hungry. Right. (laughs) And that can simulate a lot of that, uh, autistic feel because they're not listening anymore. Right. So it's you not, know? it's not neurodivergent. It's just overwhelmed yeah. that some change, mm. but it, experience. but it can feel yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. So wait a second. Hold on. So we, this on the record for a second, we are pulling shit out of our asses at this, in this particular part of the conversation. Uh, but I'm curious. So we talked about, so like people with ASD, experience sensory input very differently mm-hmm. than yeah. neurotypical mm-hmm. people, right? And so if a chaser is experiencing an intense sensory input that he's never had before, that is so, like, and that kind of freeze takes away. I just wonder Are if these similar? things tied I'm together arguing, at all. I'm arguing that it could it can uh, present in the same it way. It certainly presents yeah. as the same way. Is it neurologically the same? I don't know. That may be irrelevant yeah. because it presents the same way. Right. I mean, I yeah. think it could I've, even... I've talked about this before as far as like chaser freeze. Yeah. Right. Mm. We're like, God, they worked so hard to get me into the bedroom. <laughs> Why are they not doing something here in the bedroom? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the kind of like chaser, like euphoria out of body, like yeah. the high chasers experience. And I think, you know, maybe taking that and amplifying it like you know i i think i've talked about the time i had a a chaser in convulsions <laughs> and like is this man going to die in my dorm room <laughs> it's like, is this grown man about to die in my dorm room <laughs> and like what's what's going to happen if that happens um you know i we're talking about all this in-person tactile squashing stuff but i really think in this case it might be that it doesn't even get to that point and I think if we take this and like step back and look at how these things can happen, uh, you know, in the online space and the messaging space and like the, I think the communications about these feelings right. of like, you are so fat. I like, I can see like being a message yeah, exactly. or They're, like, I want you to sit on me. Yeah. Just yeah. as an, well, as an opener, because, you know, for someone who's neurodivergent, that just might be clear communication. And, <laughs> you know, so one of the most, it's not the most common intro I've gotten, but a very common one over the past year has been, are you keeping that belly warm for me? Or oh. something along those lines. I don't even know what that means. That, I don't yeah, either. What is th- <laughs> I've never once responded to that intro. Like, I don't... What is the... Oh, no. now I get it. It's an, it's an opening line? Yeah. Oh, now a, I get it. Okay. That's their, hi, how are you doing? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Chasers, bad. what does that mean? <laughs> no, I get it. I, get I mean, it. I guess it's just a reference to the belly. No, Does it have a meaning? It, no, I think what it is trying to roundaboutly communicate is, is your body an appropriate and fitting place for me to have some fun? And again, not the best okay. communication no. or certainly romantic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and here's, here's the, if, if you're a chaser and I, you know, whether or not you're identify as on the spectrum or not, there is, there is the risk of offense, right? Even yeah. if you're completely typical, mm. there's always the risk of offense. And so I think one way to get around that is if you think about, does this treat the other person as a person first? It's not that they can't be sexual. Mm-hmm. It's not that they can't be a playground of fun. But the idea is, is is the op- especially in the opening remarks, because you have yeah. no context yet, yeah. right? You have no context yet. Even well, and, I, and you to make, me, you're trying to set the context with that message. Well, you know, it assumes a context, yeah. yeah. And so, even if you're talking, well, I'm on a I'm on a site for hooking up. Not good enough yet. Mm-hmm. Not good enough because guess what? No one owes you a hookup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, thinking about does this foreground the person. Or does this foreground your expectation of fulfillment? Mm-hmm. And, some, and the, it's the difference between something is, I mean, this sounds like a minor difference, but it's huge. Like, wow, you're really beautiful, as opposed to, wow, you have a beautiful belly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. One references a body part, and the other re- references the whole person. I'm kind of curious what would happen if I responded with, like, you keeping those elbows hard for me? Uh, he wouldn't get like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, so... Uh, maybe this is a good summation, but I feel like one of our key pieces of advice that applies Mm -hmm. pretty much no matter what somebody writes in is that you have to regard the person across from you, whether it's, you know, on a screen with a chat or literally sitting across from you on a date as they are like you, Mm -hmm. you have to relate to the person, not to their body parts, not to their attitude that you're perceived. Like you have to actually see them as they are. 
But sometimes it's hard to see that person or understand them if they don't have the context that you bring with you. Do you have ASD? Are you neurotypical? Are you neurodivergent? Whatever. And so if you have that information about yourself that you can share, whether it's in your profile or just in your opening remarks, whatever, like it gives the other person the best possible chance to relate to you as you are. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's uh, also something to be said, though, for, you know, you don't need to figure out where they plant their flag before you talk to them. I'm so this has popped into my head because of so, so the, the listener wrote about wanting to have someone who's comfortable with their body. Ah, uh, yes. Which I wanted to talk about yeah. this too. And I, I don't think I've seen this on any profiles and I'm curious if anyone else has. So with chubs who are, you know, have a complicated relationship with their body. Have you seen them state that in a pro their profile? Oh. The, the and would that be you, useful yeah. to say like, you know, I'm working on my relationship to my body. Hmm. And it's also evident in the photos they post. But I'm curious if having that, like, I don't know if that would be, I mean, I, I just, but for both of, you know, Michael and Dan, if you saw that as like kind of the lead in the profile. Yeah. Oh, I would totally I would take that, that into account. Yeah, extremely. Totally yeah. But like, it, yeah. would that be like, would you be like, oh, that red flag? Nope. That, no, no, not at all. Well, it, it, here's what I would say for chasers in general. If you're a chaser, one of the things that will absolutely affect your relationship with that chub, whether it is lunch or fist fucking, what's going to affect that relationship is what the chub considers their own body, how yeah. they relate to their own body. Yeah, that is like and, rule number one. And so if you see in someone's profile, like I'm working on my relationship with my body, it gives you sort of a place to start and how much work you want to put into that. Mm -hmm. because it is not the same as starting with a person. Again, it depends what your goals are, if this is a lunch date, if this is an appointment to fuck. But it, it really depends, like, do you want to take that on? Same thing with chubs, and chase, with chubs regarding chasers. Like, you have a chaser who's really hot, but you can tell they look really, you know, they're interested in body parts. Do you want to try to get them more interested in yourself as a whole, or do you want to say, like, nope, sorry, that's not my job? Yeah. yeah. I, for, for my money, like, actually... Uh, having clarity is huge because a lot of times you sort of get interested in somebody and you, you know, you invest in your connection, the personality and you have great sex. And then at some point you get slimed with their own self loathing or whatever it might be that they're struggling with, which is a legitimate struggle. But as somebody who maybe wasn't expecting that or didn't know that that was the case, or just doesn't want to deal with it or, or, or whatever, like yeah. you, you're you're now in the situation with them thinking having thought up to that point that everything was fine and then getting hit with no things are really not fine and now you have to change your behavior around them how do you relate to the part of their body that they're you know yeah. having an issue I, with? I have to offer the flip side on this what the phrase he used in the email is i only want to date men who are comfortable and unapologetic about being fat right that's an end result that's an end result of a fucking epic journey mm -hmm. for most of us. Well, right? yes, but it's also a status. So what it tells me, right, is that you're not in for the journey, right? Yeah. When someone writes that in their ad, it's, it's explained to me very clearly, this is hookup material and nothing more. I, I disagree. Not I even friendship. No, I disagree. No, I disagree. It's, it's simply saying, I'm not going to invest being a therapist for you to work through that. I would like, you at the, I would like to meet you at the other end of it. Right, but my point is, there is no end of it. There, it is an eternal thing with you always reassessing your body. Your body is always changing. You're always learning new ways to live in it. Yeah. I, and I, if you're not going to stand by me during my journey the way you expect me to stand by you. No, no, they don't. If they, we're doing that sort of relationship thing. But I don't think, but I think what he's saying is, no, I'm not. <laughs> and that's okay. That is not. But he's saying he's, everything he's saying here is saying he's trying to set up relationships with these people. Yeah. He's trying to form connections with them. Yeah. What I'm saying is when you tell me that, you are not forming a connection with me. You are filming, right. forming a connection I, you with You know, that. I get what you're saying. One yeah. aspect I, of me, the finished version of me. And if I have not finished my journey yet, then fuck me. I, That's what I Because he, he's requesting that to, for people to relate to him that way. Yeah. With, with all of these intersections that he's talked about, whether it's being feminine or having ASD. No, like, I, I don't think so. I don't think that's fair. I, well, I get, so I get what Don's saying. And I think it is true about it always being a journey. But I think... In this case, it's like wanting to be with someone who is at a similar point because it is human nature to always have an, have an, yeah. have an evolving relationship with your body. Like, sure. Mm -hmm. And I think someone who, 
you know, like the the chubs who put in their profile, like, you know, I'm comfortable, with, like I'm happy mm -hmm. with my size, I'm comfortable with that. I think that is still like, that is not like, I, I have zero feelings about my yeah. body that are negative. Yeah. But I think yeah. it's just like, and I think not wanting to be with someone who isn't at a similar point can be very activating and triggering. Mm -hmm. And I think just with everything else, the listeners said I wouldn't be shocked if like not wanting to be with someone who has, you know, who's still at that earlier stage because think, it can yeah. be so activating and triggering absolutely, and like could cause relapse in any kind of eating disorder or whatever. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing when I read that statement is um, it's very much one of, if I have anything beyond momentary interactions with you, if I show weakness, I am no longer a viable yeah, friend. I, I don't think he know? said any of that. No, but it's what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. that's not his fault. Though. It, I, but you need to, ex oh, we're talking about, Clarifying communication. Yeah, I don't think that's if what he's this saying. is a common phrase that I read all the time in personal ads from yeah. chasers. You need to understand what a lot of us are hearing okay. when you say that. Yes, but but if I flipped it, watch this. If I flip it and I say, you know, I'm a chaser and I'm working up, I'm working on really getting more comfortable with you know dating fat guys in public and being seen with them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of chubs who are like, sorry, I'm out now. It disqualifies well, you from dating a chaser who's working on getting comfortable being with fat people. That, yeah. You would be right out, and a lot of chubs would be. And I'd say you should be out if that's not the but journey I, you want to take I, with them. I don't agree. I, I actually think if someone is acknowledging a flaw in themselves and are actively working on it, but you don't have I to am be, more understanding of I'm that. I'm understanding, but it doesn't mean I want to date them. Well, and I think that's why I think it is... I mean, I think a piece of advice that I would say for Chubbs to take from this episode is to include, if you're like, you know, I'm working on my relationship with my body, to put that in your profile because I think, yeah, I think the, you know, saying, like, I, I, saying what that chaser did, I think is trying to prepare for that, you know, chaser getting slimed from there is an upset that happens with the Chubb. There's some kind of, blow up meltdown and they are not equipped to handle that. They don't mm -hmm. know what to do. And, you know, once again, and also could be activating to whatever body issues they have. But I think putting these things out there yeah, and, mm -hmm. you I know, agree. the, the chaser, like if the chasers are going to put that out there, the chubs need to be able to like put that out there too, saying this is something I'm working on. Yeah. And I think it should just be, you know, a, a human thing. And I think that's kind of why we do the podcast to have these conversations. Yeah. yeah. It's dual directional. And like there are issues on both sides of it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would also just piggyback on that and, and sort of illuminate for this particular listener um, that if you hear from a chub, I am, I am fat and proud and I don't care what the world thinks about me. That may be true on some days or maybe be true most of the time, but mm -hmm. I can pretty much guarantee you that's not the universal truth for them. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that's the standard that our letter writer is holding well, jokes to. Oh, I, I just want to make don't it clear think that yeah. the letter writer is. The letter yeah. writer is being very clear. But Well, let's remember this person is has ASD and is probably communicating exactly the way that they think. Well, and so I think it's important to just illuminate that there's, I would even posit, maybe nobody who actually fits, truly fits that qualifier. I, I, I just think this is, look, I don't think the letter writer has a zero tolerance policy <laughs> for insecurity, <laughs> and I don't think that is the standard he is holder. They are holding people to. I, don't, I, I, I don't think that is the case. Okay. I think it is simply a matter of, it is very, very different, and you know this, Michael, as a chaser, it is very different having a date with a guy who is not secure in his body and being on a date with a guy who has actually said in his profile, yes, I like my body, you know, I like my body, I like my size, just don't want to be treated as an object. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is a wholly different dating experience. It is not a sin for a chaser to pass one by in favor of the other. That is simply doing due, due diligence in your dating. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want to get with? And on both sides, like I said, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of chubs who are very disappointed to find out that the guy that they have the hots for won't be seen with them in public. Mm -hmm. When yeah. I think this is, I, I think this is a very specific flavor of something that happens everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I think you know, with straight sized heterosexual people, I think there are you know guys who want to date the the girl that thinks she's really hot. 
and you know, miss miss hot stuff. Like I don't, I don't really know how straight people do things, <laughs> but I can see, you know, a guy preferring to date women who are, you know, are hot and know they're hot, as opposed to like, oh well, you, like you know, saying, oh, you know, you're so hot, you ha- have great tits or something. And then, Good like, job, oh Trevor. well, like Good they're job. they're not that great. Like they're, it's, you know, I'm. I don't know. This, I mean, it, it is, it's such a specific flavor. It's hard to apply to that. I think it's I, down to this. If, you know, if I, as a chaser, compliment you, are you going to let that in? That makes a huge difference in our dynamic. Yeah, I think to, to Don's point, like, yeah, there's two sides of it, sure. But, like, on the chaser side, if you're going to re- refuse to, to uh, empathize with somebody who's on their journey, that does paint you as somebody who's just uncaring whether or not it's true that it, who, who knows I, but it just it, it in terms of how you're going to communicate with the world mm-hmm. i can absolutely see that as now on on my side of things because this is where i would be coming from i am a very empathetic person and because of that i am likely to get hurt when i engage with somebody mm-hmm. who has a lot of problems with their body and then they hate themselves and i've empathized with where they are and who they are and so i get hurt mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i would not want to deal with that if i could avoid it i i think the big problem and i think we've talked about this in past episodes is declaratory statements like that about like do not i do not want to date this type of person yeah. never works because never people works. are like yeah. <laughs> I, all I hear is the echo of no fats, no femmes, no blacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's all I, I hear think, when I hear it. But I think well, when, that's what Trevor's saying. Yeah. It's that, yeah. It's that, yeah. I'm agreeing. But yeah. I think yeah. also, yeah. like, in this case, it is going to end up causing what Michael talked about because there are going to be people who are like, well, I'm perfectly fine with my body. And, and, they, and like, it's like, it, listener, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates, like, and it's the same thing, like, no, liars and cheaters. Like, liars and cheaters are not like, oh, well. Not me. Darn, they got me. There's meddling, there's meddling chubs. I think really kind of, I mean, making a personal ad personal and, you know, I think that, I don't know, I think really I, think uh, well, like, I, chubs need, it should be very declarative in where they're at in their, journey because I think that and, will give framework and, and, for everyone. And Chase's can makes be better, a lot of sense. And Chase's can be better listeners mm-hmm. for where Chubbs are and, in that too. As opposed to, this is my standard, get on or get off. You know? And to this writer's uh, point of view, he has ASD. Yeah. Reading between the lines is not something yes. he's able to do. Exactly. And so trying to read a, mm-hmm. a Chubbs you know, body language or subtle reactions to things, it's not going to work that way. He needs that communication. He just needs the clarity. Yeah, which I think is a totally viable thing to ask for when you're meeting someone. Mm -hmm. I I really do think that is, you know, him being so straightforward in this letter, like, uh, obviously, I wouldn't expect this letter from someone over a personal ad, right? Mm -hmm. He's being much more forthcoming than I would ever expect. But the directness and the honesty in there, like, that is very endearing to me. And can I say useful? You know? yeah. Oh, God, yes. Like Absolutely. If, like if this, guy, you know, if this person were hitting you up, yeah. you're like, oh, I can opt in or opt out. Mm-hmm. The honesty there is very real. And honestly, even like I've had conversations like this before with people who are like, even if for whatever reason I don't find them right for a romantic interest, this sounds like somebody I'm interested in talking to, right? And mm-hmm. knowing a bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's all. Well, <laughs> that was a that topic was main. <laughs> that, that's one of our juiciest main topics mm-hmm. in a long time. So thank you to thank the you, listener. to the writer um, to the listener. Good Hopefully, letter. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, that was um, a lot. Yeah. Let us know if you I don't know rewrite your profile after this. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear if you know anyone, not just like anyone. Yeah, yeah give anyone, us anyone. Like give us a listeners. before and after. Copy your current bio and then paste it into an email with your updated bio. Yeah. I, I'd love to see that. All right, tip. We have a tip for yes, this week. Yes, we do. Yay. And I looked. At, so we have talked about Virginia Sol Smith before. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, and I, I think I mispronounced her name or misquoted her at I, some point. I don't know. There's some I, controversy I knew that there was that. something about it, and I was like, I thought the name was just so. I, I but think it's Virginia I miss, Sol Smith. I love. She, yeah. She has a new book, Fat Talk: Parenting in the Age of Diet Culture. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which is now a New York Times bestseller. Woo! Hell very yeah. exciting. Very. Very earned, very talented, amazing, iconic. <laughs> I'm thinking of that Lady Gaga thing where just like all the all the words about like how great it's it's a it's a meme. 
Some listener appreciated that. I, I don't know if this goes in, but I, I was just listening to an NPR story talking about two mothers having a very different reaction to putting their kid on, let's say, Wegovy or weight loss surgery, and one mother being, thank God I can now give these medications to my daughter so oh, she God. won't have to grow up fat like me, and another mother saying, why in the world are we trying to make our children conform so they don't get bullied? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to just diametrically opposed positions, mm. and these are both in the article, which is, well, I think what a lot of people, I don't know if people are struggling with that, but I think people definitely feel the camps. It's a hard conversation mm. to have because yeah. you get both sides. You do. You know, like, oh. Yeah. But I don't know, parents, teachers, aunts, uncles, gunkles, gunkles everyone, every, everyone who has a kid in their life, I think should pick up this book, read it, give it to your sister, maybe if she's like, just kind of like, really, it's like, wow, she's really laying into my, my fat niece, nephew. Uh, nibbling, I've heard, is the kind of like gender neutral. <laughs> uh, oh, for niece, nephew? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Um, nibbling I like you know that. if just and maybe your grandparent I don't know like just I think it's everyone if you're a lesbian aunt is that are that's you a literally what I was about to ask are you is a there a female equivalent a to gunkle I, I like Lonty oh Lonty's good I like Lonty yeah. I, like Lonty. I don't know if you're a lesbian aunt let us know what the, <laughs> <laughs> the term is alright bit time bit right, time bit we time. do have a bit I figured since we were dipping into the world of autism today, throw a little spotlight there. Or autism. Oh, God. What? Auntie, Lundy, Auntie. Oh, where's my... Nice. That's good. That's You're good. so welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So autism spectrum disorder is one of the fastest growing developmental disorders in the United States, affecting one in 36 kids. It's just a little background on it real quick. Uh, ASD is more common in, than childhood cancer, diabetes, and AIDS combined. Which I think is an unfair comparison because it's, yeah, that's not, a, a, that's a it's weird... not a disease. Like it's it's a it's a thing, but yes. it's yeah. that's a anyway, strange. But it's five it. times more likely in males. Yeah, right. But affects class, nationalities, and races equally. So it's not surprising that dating in the gay community, you're going to be running into a lot of uh, people with autism. So pay attention. Right? <laughs> okay, get your notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to movies and shows like Rain Man, The Good Doctor, or Cube. People tend to associate autistic people with having mental superpowers, um, like perfect memory, super mathematical skills, or the ability to master complex skills in an incredibly short amount of time. While some people like this do in fact exist, autism doesn't always come with superpowers, not by a long shot. Statistically, though, 84% of people with this skill are in fact autistic. Ooh. And on 84%. average, about 14% of people with autism have this skill. And you're going to ask us what this skill is. What is the skill? Oh, that's fascinating. One, hypernumeracy, oh. unusual skills with numbers. Hyperlexia, unusual skill with reading comprehension. Perfect pitch or eidetic oh. memory. I'm going to go with perfect pitch just because. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's numbers or... I think memory. Image. Memory. I don't know. I'm going to go with numbers. I think, because remember, what he, what he said was 84% of people with this skill are autistic. Yes. 84%. 84% so it's got to be something really recognized rare. to have this skill. I'm doubling down on perfect pitch. Perfect pitch makes sense. I'm going to go for memory. <laughs> I'm going to go with numbers to be different. Okay. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is none of y'all. <gasps> it is hyperlexia. No. Unusual skill in reading comprehension. Interesting. Huh. Uh, generally understanding reading and symbols much younger um, in childhood. Okay. Huh. And what's also kind of interesting, it, it would not be perfect pitch, because perfect pitch is, interestingly enough, a fairly common skill in anyone that comes from a tonal language background. Ah, uh, true. So that would be interesting. pretty astonishing if all of those people had autism. They right. do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which of the following are common co-conditions in people with autism? Hmm. And these are very interesting ones. One, allergies. Two, asthma. Three, epilepsy. Or four, sleep disorders. Hmm. I'm going to say epilepsy. Because I feel like the sensory reaction to, to sensory input, mm -hmm. would I could see that being related. I'm going to say sleep disorders because I feel like a lot of the, the neurodivergent people I follow on Twitter are kind of like 
do late night goblin mode. Yeah. <laughs> Though I got to say, like lately, it seems like everyone has sleep disorders. Mm. <laughs> Damn. Uh, a sleep disorder. Sleep disorder. Okay. In fact, the answer is all of the above. Oh, dear. oh, oh sh- yeah. For okay. some reason, all of these do seem to have some sort of co-condition with autism. All right. Here's an unexpected fact. Children and teens with autism commonly have a lower what than neurotypical children. One, white blood cell count. Hmm. Two, bone density. Three, blood pressure. Or four, foot arches. I'm going to say blood pressure. I'm also going to say blood pressure. Well, that means it has to be foot arches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that's where I'm going, foot arches. Okay. All right. Wow, I'm, I'm getting you this time, guys. <laughs> the correct answer is, in fact, bone density. Oh, really? Well, they're not entirely sure why this is the case. Um, apparently, it's, it's likely to be because of uh, food or activity aversions. I'm thinking, I was thinking, yeah, sports yeah. Or, Some, hot, or impact, things like that. Yeah. So it's, well, <laughs> common, it's not ubiquitous. Yeah, of course but, not. Yeah. yeah. You know. Are we are we done? I, please, God, tell me we're well, done. This has been a very done? long episode. <laughs> Let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, wait, nope, that's <laughs> wrong. Where? Bank of there we go. We're on Twitter go. and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Faster, faster. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave five stars there. Five stars everywhere. Hey, we're five almost stars. at hundreds of ratings on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. So keep that going. We're almost there. Not there yet. Patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. See the articles we talked about, www.bigpetkpod.com. Also, uh, real quick, every single one of our written reviews on Apple Podcasts is five stars. Yay. I think we're in oh, like the mid-20s awesome. at this point, so thank you to the people who write reviews. That's very, very cool. We love you. that you love us. Yeah. Maybe you're writing a review right now, and uh, <laughs> there's a... We're, we're bursting out of the screen. We're dressed as mice for some reason. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You know, the mice costume we all have. Squeak, motherfucker! (laughs) Goodbye now. Trevor, you gotta explain that to me. How the fuck did we get to mice bursting out of the screen? I don't know, I just... uh, I'm nominating Squeak, motherfucker. I think it was because I was um, picturing us... Like tiny enough to come out of a screen, and then I thought of mice, and then I just pictured us dressed as mice. Okay, that does make sense. <laughs>